0: That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW for avoid. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
1: This content may not be suitable for all ages. Listener discretion is advised.
2: My heart was pounding, hands shaking. I was in a cold sweat.
3: I see a flash from a phone straight into my living room window. I immediately run to the window and there it was. The same black vehicle parked right in sight.
4: I had a sudden feeling like I was being watched. You know the one where you're suddenly very aware, you can hear your heart racing, feel the pulse in your body and eyes burning into you.
1: From Disturbed Media, join your host Chad for true tales of horror, bizarre happenings, and unexplainable events. This is Disturbed.
5: Welcome back in everyone, and thanks for joining me. This week, I'm bringing you four true, horrifying tales that are sure to terrify and horrify. So sit back, and listen close, as we dive into the horror. We open the show with an email submission from Kristen, featuring voice work by Sarah Thomas, and we become a believer.
2: I thought I would share my story here. I did share my story on Facebook and it was generally met with disbelief. Let me start by saying, I'm a 39 year old female who lives in Ontario, Canada. Mother of three, I have an excellent job in the nuclear field and have done six years post-secondary education. I do not do drugs, I rarely, and I mean rarely drink and I am generally in good health. I mention this because when this incident happened, I was not drunk or high. We have five acres just outside city limits. The skies are beautiful at night as there are no street lights or house lights to light up the sky and dim the stars. That being said, I need to preface this story by saying the house I grew up in was 187 years old, an old farmhouse with several fields surrounding us on all sides. My mother and her five siblings grew up in this house and my mom and dad bought it from my grandma after my grandpa passed away. In that house, no less. Two people died there, one in my bedroom. But that's an entirely different story. My mom grew up there with her five siblings. The house was set back from the road in a keyhole property that required you to travel the quarter of a mile drive to get to the house. This is significant later. Fast forward to 2019. I was 36 with a 10-year-old boy and two-year-old twins. Because I was working full-time and had a 10-year-old playing rep hockey and two 2-year-old tornado twins, there were often people at my house to lend a hand. On this particular night, my mom and husband's cousin were with me in my kitchen while all the kids were asleep. We were baking banana chocolate chip muffins, and it was around 9.30 p.m. It was around the beginning of August, and it was a cool night temperature-wise. The kitchen was stifling hot from having the oven going for the last two hours, making batch after batch of muffins. So my mom opened the door and stepped out onto the patio to cool off and left the door open to let some cool air in. As I stood in the kitchen unloading muffins, I heard my mom say, Uh, sweetheart, can you come out here for a minute? I said, yeah, give me a sec. To which she promptly replied, No, Chrissy, you need to get out here. Hearing the urgency, I put down my oven mitts and quickly walked outside, leaving my husband's cousin still in my kitchen. As I walked out, I saw my mom pointing her phone up to the sky. She turned her head and looked at me briefly and said, ''Do you see that?'' I looked up and saw nothing but a sky full of stars and some cloud cover to my left. I said, ''No, I don't see anything. What should I be seeing?'' thinking I was looking for a helicopter or plane flying low or something. She motioned with her hand for me to come to her side, all while still looking up and not taking her eyes off the sky. She said, "'Look, follow my finger straight out,' and she pointed, and sure as shit, I saw it. A line of lights. And it was moving. It was definitely far away, but it hovered for a few seconds." and then started to move again, but not in a particularly straight line. It was a very smooth movement on an angle upward, but would level out and move horizontally across the sky for a period of time, only to move on a diagonal upward again. My mom snapped a picture, which I included here, the original and the zoomed-in one. My mom called my husband's cousin out and pointed it out to her as well, who promptly went white and looked as though she didn't know if she should run, throw up, be scared, or cry. While all this is happening and my mom is standing there, cool as a cucumber, in all my bravery, I started saying, Holy shit! Holy shit! Holy shit! All while essentially running backwards to what I deemed was the safety of my house, while still keeping my eyes on the object. Obviously, unable to see where I was going, I not so gracefully collided with my patio furniture sending me backwards and literally throwing my feet over my head. I legitimately looked like a character in a cartoon where they fall into a small space, fold in half, and have their arms and legs sticking upward while their butt is stuck in a hole. Once I wiggled my way out, I had enough time to see it slowly and smoothly drift behind the cloud cover. I turned and booked it 15 feet back into my house. My heart was pounding, hands shaking. I was in a cold sweat, and a look of a frantic cat trying to get out of the water on my face. My husband's cousin was similarly freaked out. And again, my 66-year-old mother came slowly walking in, cool as a cucumber, big smile on her face, looking down at her phone, proud as punch she got a picture. I said, Mom, how are you so calm? What the hell was that? Everyone saw it moving, right? Was that seriously a UFO? Now, I said this with disbelief dripping off the word UFO. Side note, I have always believed in other life forms out there. I think it is pretty self-centered and naive to think that in all the galaxies that exist, the billions of planets that exist somewhere out in the vastness of space, that the human race is the only intelligent life form. I think that is actually an impossibility, not just improbable, but impossible. I, however, had never shared that with my mom. We had never had a UFO talk. It was never something that was important to me, not a theory I ever put much thought into because my beliefs are just that, mine. There is so much controversy over UFOs, I would rather not get into it. I don't believe in the outlandish aliens with tentacles, two heads that can melt your skin off with laser eyes, but I do believe in other humanoid forms of aliens. So, back to that night. At this point, standing in my kitchen, I am talking as quickly as a hummingbird on speed. I don't remember exactly what I was saying word for word, but essentially it was a lot of, did that just happen? What the hell was that? And you saw that, right? My mom, still smiling at me, her eyes sparkling looking as giddy as a schoolgirl, said, well, I have always waited for the day to be proven right. Now I have other people to validate what I saw when I was 14. I knew they were real, and I always look up when I'm outside at night to see if I would ever see one again, hoping I would. And finally, I did. I knew I wasn't crazy. To this, my jaw dropped. I said, I'm sorry. What in the actual hell are you talking about? Validate what? You've seen a UFO before? This was a complete shock to me. Never had I heard this before. My mom excitedly nodded and said, Yep, it was the year of the 1967 Expo in Montreal. I was 14. Your grandma and grandpa were at the Expo, and they left all of us kids at home. My aunts and uncles ranged between mid-twenties to my mom and aunt at age 14 and 12. Your aunt Bon and I were playing outside, this aunt being the youngest. It was probably around nine, and in the sky over the field to the right, There were these bright, multicolored lights, clear as day. It was like they just appeared out of nowhere. We could see them coming toward us in the sky. We both stood and stared in disbelief until we realized that it was indeed coming closer to us and faster than either of us were expecting. It was still very high up, not like it was coming at us, more above us, just in our direction in the sky. When we finally realized it was almost over us, we both ran, and I mean we ran into the house, straight upstairs, and locked ourselves in the bathroom. We cried for probably 40 minutes, trying to convince ourselves we were seeing things, scared out of our minds. We tried to convince ourselves our minds were playing tricks on us. But when we talked about it, we saw and described the exact same thing. We both knew it was real. We both knew what we saw, Obviously, UFOs don't really fit with our Catholic religion, so we were trying to find any way to explain it. Your Aunt G saw us run inside and upstairs. She followed us up and kept trying to get us to come out of the bathroom. Through the door, we told her what we saw, to which she scoffed and said it was our imagination and to stop being so childish. We refused to come out. After she left, we snuck to our room and grabbed pillows and blankets we slept together in the bathtub that night. We always knew we saw what we saw, but everyone we ever told just told us we were lying or it was our imagination running wild. Eventually, we just stopped telling people. Grandma, being the Catholic she was, never believed us, and we never even bothered to tell your grandpa. We talked about it to each other, but never to anyone else. Your aunt to this day remembers it as clearly as I do with all the same details. I was obviously taken aback, and I didn't really know what to say. I am sure I stammered out some questions in utter astonishment. To be honest, I don't remember what I said at that point. I called my husband, who was with my dad at our cottage, and told them. My dad chuckled, not sure what to say. My husband, who is an avid alien believer, just said, of course, the one day I'm not home is the day they come to our house. After providing photo proof, Both my husband and dad were pretty speechless. I have since asked my aunt about this and she remembers and describes it exactly as my mom did. She said they slept in the bathroom because there were no windows, which in their child minds meant that with a locked door and no windows, the aliens wouldn't be able to get them. So, needless to say, this has only solidified my beliefs. When I posted to Facebook, people laughed. Others said it was Elon Musk's Starlink satellites being launched, which I would have taken as the most logical explanation had I not witnessed the way this thing moved. It didn't continue on an upward trajectory. It moved horizontally as well, and it stopped. It stopped moving. Satellite launches, no matter how advanced Elon Musk's technology is, do not stop mid-launch and hover, and certainly do not change direction and trajectory. There is no other explanation. Not a rational or logical one I can think
1: of. Do you have your own terrifying encounter? Did something unexplained happen to you? Let us know and get featured on the podcast. Email at mystoryatdisturbedpodcast.com
5: Next up, we hear from Reddit user Artemis Terralikas, featuring voice work by Rhiannon Mauschal, and we have a run-in with an unimaginable creature.
6: I'm sorry in advance if this is the wrong place to ask, but after hours of searching online, I can't really find anything that matches this encounter, I guess you could call it, that my husband and his siblings have described. I'm looking to see if anyone knows of local lore of a snake woman cryptid in Colorado or the Rockies region of the United States. When my husband was about seven, around 1995-ish, he lived in a home in Aurora, Colorado. The basement in that home had one part where there was this half wall where a crawl space was connected to the home. My husband told me that he was heading to his room in the basement when he saw this snake woman near the half wall that led to the crawl space. He said he didn't get a good long look because it scared him so much that he ran back upstairs and went on to play outside for the rest of the day, but this is what he could describe to me. She had the body of a snake, no legs, she had arms and hands with claw-like fingernails, human breasts, body was pale gold or yellow and covered in scales, and her hair was a long tangled mess of pink or magenta. He didn't get a good look at her face, but he described it as female and creepy. When he told me about this, he admitted that he couldn't explain what he saw. He never talked to his parents or siblings about it and eventually shrugged it off as something he dreamt or imagined. Recently, we had his four older siblings and their families over at our house for a long-needed get-together. While my husband was preparing food in the kitchen, his siblings were reminiscing about their childhood, and the discussion drifted to the different homes they grew up in. When the Aurora home came up, my husband's oldest sister started talking about that creepy snake woman that lived in their crawl space. All four of my husband's siblings started sharing their encounters with the snake woman. They all described her the same way my husband did. They each had stories of seeing her coming out of the crawl space and entering their basement, or seeing her retreating back into that crawl space. My husband hurried into the room to join the discussion, He expressed his astonishment that they had all seen the same thing he did and couldn't believe that it wasn't just his imagination. I don't really believe in the supernatural and I'm pretty skeptical about these sorts of things, but I have always found cryptids fascinating. Is there some sort of lore or other sightings of a creature like this that anyone has heard of, particularly in the Colorado or Rocky Mountain region? Or does anyone know of a costume or Halloween prop that fits the description?
1: Are you loving this show? Let us know with a positive rating and review. In return, we'll help you hide the body.
0: That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW group void. prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello,
5: this is Dr. Grande, the host of True Crime Psychology and Personality. On my podcast, I explore and explain the pathology behind some of the most horrendous crimes and those who commit them. We discuss topics like narcissism, psychopathy, sociopathy, and antisocial personality disorder from a scientifically informed perspective. What is a narcissist? How do you spot a sociopath? What signs can you look for to protect yourself from these dangerous personalities? It's not just about the stories, but also the science and psychology behind them. So, if you're interested in true crime or mental health, I'd encourage you to give my show a listen wherever you get podcasts.
7: History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, I hope to see you soon.
1: Want to listen to Disturbed ad free? Of course you do. Go to slash support to get your access today. Now back to the horror. Disturbed Podcast with your host, Chad.
5: Up next, we check in with Reddit user Baby Green Apron, featuring voice work by Tanya E.B. And we become a target of the followers.
3: Hello, this is the first time I'm going to be sharing this story online. I'm only 5'1, and I don't have many means of protecting myself. When I first left home, I got an apartment and a job at an exclusive club in L.A. while studying online. I was 19 years old when I first started working there and learned very quickly the environment I was in. Creepy older men, cheating husbands, and zero women would ever walk in unless they worked at this club. Important detail. The good bottle service money kept me around for way longer than it should have. I always took my breaks outside in the back, scrolled on my phone, sat on one of the benches until it was time to go back in. We all did this a breath of fresh air from the cigar smoke. As I did my usual routine, this was the first time I ever saw a female that I didn't work with, even in the parking lot. I assumed a husband had gotten caught up in doing something she didn't like. That quickly became far from the truth. She walked up to me, very put together. Expensive bag, expensive heels, and got dropped off from a nicely priced vehicle. It had a New York license plate in the front, which wasn't really the norm in L.A., When she got close enough to me she asked me to help her pick up some change that had fallen under her vehicle but didn't you just get dropped off is all i could think of i declined and apologized but my break was over i asked if i could get one of the bouncers to assist her but she declined she reassured me that it wouldn't take too much of my time but i still refused went back to work told some of the girls i worked with to be careful as it was incredibly suspicious in my opinion after work I drove home to study and then get some sleep. My apartment was on the first floor in a non-gated area with windows in my bedroom and living room that had the views of the parking lot. I know, super luxurious. I sat down on my couch, pulled out my laptop and just proceeded with my after-work routine. 20 to 25 minutes after I get home, I see a flash from a phone straight into my living room window. I immediately run to the window and there it was, the same black vehicle parked right in sight. I close my blinds and immediately call the police. They show up, looked around, asked some questions, then left. Now, they did show up 15 minutes after I called, so I'm not sure if I even expected them to find anything. But I wish they did. Two weeks later, I'm at my local pet store with my German shepherd. She's my rock and protector. I took her wherever I could after this incident, and I had recognized the lady across the aisle, her face, and the same outfit as the same woman who came up to me while I was at work. I made sure my dog could see her and that she could see my dog. She's fully trained, so I wasn't scared of them this time. I checked out after I saw her leave and walked towards my car. A weird note was left on my windshield. Didn't care, got in and drove straight home. The letter was some I accidentally hit your car BS. Not sure why, but maybe some sort of tactic. My neighbors keep their eye out for me and let me know when they see them. One of them even asked my neighbor if I was single and acted like they just saw me around the complex. Little things happen still. Random calls with weird voicemails, random tissues on my car, glue in my door locks, and other things that I just still choose to ignore. This has been going on for about 3.5 years now. I haven't seen them since, but they definitely let me know they're still around. To those people, let's not meet again. To go into further details on the voicemails, I've been getting messages about it. They're constantly different voices, but usually the same sentences. Saying things like where I was at certain times and what I was wearing, how they would like to get their hands on me. Just overly disgusting things. I have a case open for it, but I guess the police deal with way more in LA. Tissues and their meaning. Police officers had told me there were traces of trichloromethane. They told me this was a pretty common tactic, as the people who follow me seemed to believe that it could make me pass out with just smelling it. Which, not possible. They might want to step up their research game. Such an old Hollywood
1: myth. Are you terrified yet? You will be.
5: And finally, we close out the show with an email submission from Sarah. And introducing voice work by Rachel Edge and we're left with a sign of his presence.
4: To set the scene here, I'm from a fairly small town in the UK. I've lived here my whole life, and it's a pleasant place to live. Semi-rural, little crime, and lots of familiar faces. So around 12 years ago, when I was 17, I was going through the standard teenage rebellion phase. I had everything pierced, started dyeing my hair, and going out late. My parents were pretty strict and I always had a curfew. And showing how rebellious I really was, I was never late. One night at around 11pm, I was walking home alone from a friend's house. Now being older and more experienced, and working forensic mental health giving me more of a grasp on just what people can be capable of, I would not walk alone at night. But I was young and never really experienced anything that made me feel worried, so I frequently walked alone. I was walking down a country road surrounded by trees and there was no one around. There were no streetlights, so it was pretty dark, and I had no shoes. The strap had broken. So I was walking pretty slowly and carefully. I had my headphones in and was blasting my music. Again, I wouldn't do this now, but I was young and stupid. I had a sudden feeling like I was being watched. You know the one, where you're suddenly very aware. You can hear your heart racing, feel the pulse in your body and eyes burning into you. I looked around tentatively and saw a man walking behind me. He was about mid-30s, medium build, with dark features. He was about 20 feet away from me. I usually wouldn't think anything of this. Like I said, I felt safe in my town. But something about the way he was staring at me made me feel uneasy. I sped up, just a little, I was still barefoot, and glanced behind me again. He had sped up too and walked at the same distance. Each time I looked around, he was looking at me seemingly unbothered that it may make me nervous. I crossed the road. There was a pub on the other side, and although it was closed, I thought there would likely be staff in there at the time. I also thought if I crossed the road and he did too, it was likely that I wasn't just being paranoid. I looked back, he'd crossed. Still behind me, he followed. I wasn't sure what to do here. I wasn't very physically fit, a young skinny girl, but always had bad asthma, and sport just never really interested me. I didn't feel like I could sprint the mile to my house and worried it would tire me more. I could bang on the door of the pub, but I was young and naive and didn't want to embarrass myself. I kept walking, but quicker, and took my phone out to call my friend. She didn't answer, but I kept talking as if she had. I turned the corner and the road splits into a fork. I turned left and to my pleasant surprise he turned right. He walked on, still staring, and I cursed myself for being so paranoid. Poor guy was just walking home. Or so I thought. The next day came. I was up early as I had work at a snooker club around 4 miles from my house. I was just at the top of my road when I saw the man again, this time standing on the corner drinking a can of beer. He stared at me and I smiled awkwardly, thinking he might smile back now that we are seeing each other in broad daylight and I wasn't the nervous wreck I was the night before. He didn't smile, he just stared at me with his deep dark eyes and watched as I approached. I turned the right corner and kept walking. Eyes down, music on. I walked quickly and decided to take the longer route to work. It added about 20 minutes but meant I didn't have to use any alleyways or shortcuts. He followed. He followed me the whole 4 miles. I went into work freaking out and told my manager. He kinda laughed it off and said it was probably nothing but offered to give me a lift home that evening. The shift was fine and we locked up and left around 11pm. The snooker club was in an isolated area with nothing around except a couple of box factories. We were open till late, but only served one type of beer, and had been closed for over an hour. There was no through way as it was at the bottom of a dead end. As we came out and locked the door, there was a beer can placed right in the middle of the doorway staff used. It was the same brand of beer that the guy was drinking earlier in the day. Okay, now this is getting weird, I thought to myself, but I felt safe. My manager was a young guy with a lot of experience dealing with difficult customers, so I went about the rest of my evening. A few days pass and nothing else weird happens. I put it down to my paranoia and forget about it. I continue my usual routines, college, working and seeing friends. The next weekend I had plans to go to a pub with my friends. Now it's important to note this pub is a long way out of town and on top of some local mountain area. It's hard to get to and there's no public transport. It's also pretty far from my house. It was worth it for us because we used to get served beer underage. We spent the evening drinking and laughing. It was a pretty busy pub and there were lots of people there that I knew. I was staying at my friend's house and she had no curfew so we left a little after midnight. We walked out of the pub a little worse for the beer and our male friend offered to walk us home. We agreed. It was cold and dark and we were glad of the company. We were walking and laughing when all of a sudden that familiar feeling came over me. The feeling I was being watched. I didn't mention to my friends, I thought they'd make fun of me. But as we turned a sharp corner and I looked back, there he was. The same man, walking behind us, drinking a can of beer, in a totally isolated mountain path. I quietly told my friends and they spotted him too. We sped up and turned a corner. We ran the rest of the way back to my friend's house. Our friend offered to stay the night. We were both young and pretty naive and it had freaked us out. Like I mentioned, we're from a small town and there's little reason to be scared. So we agreed. We watched a movie and fell asleep in the early hours of the morning. The next day, we laughed about how intense we had been and went to the local coffee shop around mid-morning. We opened the front door, and right in the middle of the doorstep, there it was. The beer can. Empty and squashed. Just sitting there. Now, you may think it's a coincidence here. Someone walking past through the can. Except... My friend's house was massive and up a long, winding driveway, tucked away from the main road. It was secluded and couldn't be seen from the street due to the length of the driveway and the surrounding trees. So someone must have walked up the driveway and to the door to leave a can. Weird. But again, I shrugged it off. I felt safe with my friends and didn't want to seem like I was making a big deal for no reason. But the thing is, it didn't stop. It got worse. Everywhere I went, work... College, my friend's house, gigs. Every place I left, there was an empty beer can outside. I didn't see the guy for a while, just the cans. Until one night. It was around 1am and I was walking home. I was walking through the small collection of shops in my town and I heard footsteps behind me. I snuck a glance over my shoulder as I crossed the road. And there he was, about 20 feet behind me, just staring. I'd had enough at this point. I shouted at him. What do you want? And this guy just stood completely still and laughed. There were a few seconds that felt like eternity that we just stared at each other. Then this motherfucker ran. He ran full speed towards me. I wasn't about to find out why. I ran as fast as I could. The first house I came to, I knocked on the door. No answer. I could hear him now, running behind me, shouting, You need to get away. I'm not well. I won't stop. I climbed over the fence and ripped my jeans open. I banged on the door. Luckily, a man and his wife answered. As soon as they answered, I burst into tears. I explained to them what had happened. They gave me a hot cup of tea and drove me home to my mom. I didn't see the man again. So to the man who made my life a misery for three years, let's not meet.
1: Follow our social channels on Facebook and Instagram at Disturbed Podcast and on Twitter at Disturbed underscore pod.
5: Now don't forget you can send in your own true terrifying tale. Head over to disturbedpodcast.com slash submit to find out how. And keep sending in those voicemail submissions. I love getting the listeners' voices on the show disturbedpodcast.com slash hotline If you'd like to support the show and gain access to bonus episodes, ad-free content and early releases, visit patreon.com slash disturbedpodcast or find the link in the show notes. And a big time thanks to our newest supporters Jenny, Maddie A Sky, Jenna Bean Sutton, Corbin Wilhelm Chris C, Horror Fan for Life, Jessica Chadwick and Amber Witcher. Thanks for supporting the show through Patreon. Music by Carl Casey at WhiteBatAudio, Co.ag, and Kevin Hartnell. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next Thursday with a brand new episode. And stay safe out there, y'all.